This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, we're on Parshas Bechoisai, uh, which is often um, discussed for the main uh, section, which includes um, containing the blessings and the curses. Uh, so we have, a, we, being that we are focusing on the Tariq Mitzvahs, of which there are several in this parsha, we're going to focus on that, and it ultimately does have a connection to the parsha of the Teichocha uh, also. So we'll be getting into that. So to begin with, uh, I wanted to emphasize the uh, what I consider to be a continuation or a, a, uh, another um, exposition of the concept of Oilam Shon and Nefesh, or rather another aspect of Shemitah and Yoival uh, in the context of Oilam Shon and Nefesh, because this parsha comes after the parsha's uh, parsha Bahar, which talks about Shemitah and Yoival. Shemitah and Yoival are basically dealing with the levels of Oilam and Shona, being that space is talking about uh, the the, um, the fields that are uh, instructed to be left um, fallow on uh, the seventh year of Shemitah, and also to be returned ultimately to their original owners uh, during the Yoival, the 50th year. Also, houses have various laws about how they are to be redeemed and to go back to where they started from. Um, and, of course, the aspect of time, which is counting the um, years of the Shemitah and the Yoival, uh, to count those 50 years, and um, following a very similar uh, pattern that we have uh, established already by Sviyas Oimer in the previous part. So the question is, uh, what does this parsha add to this? And it seems to be that um, we have here a similar concept in that there is a uh, mitzvah here that is given in this parsha called Erchen, where a person can say, Erchen Olai, and I want to donate to the Besamikdash uh, the value of myself. I want to take, uh, uh, find a monetary value for which I can redeem myself and give the money to the Besamek Dish, which is kind of a strange concept in the sense that if you're talking about a person who's not in the domain of the uh, Besamek Dish already, <clears throat> um, what are we exactly accomplishing with this concept of Erchen? Um, we know that there's a concept of Pidyan where we can take a, a korban, a sacrifice that's already owned, uh, the, the animal is owned by the, the Besamekdash, and you can um, redeem it by adding 20% to the 
cost of the korban and giving that to the bismikdash, um, value of the korban. And um, it has to go through a process of, uh, of being uh, uh, estimation. The, the, the value should be estimated by the coin. And then we, uh, we can get it out of, uh, of hectish, uh, you know, that holy state, and then we can, we can give the money and, and, and take the animal. Um, and this is true of various things that belong to hectish, so we can get it out. But uh, to give money for oneself when the person himself is not uh, owned by hectish, you know, what exactly are you taking out? Also, the, um, the fact is that um, we have this concept, for example, of Pidin Haben. And Pidin Haben has to do with the idea that the, um, that the firstborn is, uh, belongs to the coin and has to be redeemed from the coin by giving five shekels to the coin and getting on the 30th, 30th day and then getting the, the child back, which is also based on these, these laws. But that, that, that again is, is the, the child is the firstborn is considered to be the property of the coin. And we have to redeem him because um, the whole thing about that the uh, the choirim, uh were replaced by the uh, by the levium, the kohanim in the bismikdash in the coming parsha we'll be hopefully talking about that. Um, but at any rate, this whole concept of erchen of getting back value, uh, paying money for for a person is kind of uh, interesting. There is um, a Medrash in uh, Medrash Nachima that talks about this mitzvah and says that uh, by giving the the pidyon uh, in this um, process of 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 erchen of erchi alai, um, we are Hashem on the basis of that will release the neshama of the person after he dies from Gehenna, if he's in the, uh, the domain, uh, it's necessary for him to go into that domain, he is released from that domain on the basis of the fact that he gave this Erchen line when he was alive. Um, and he is legally obligated to give this money. I mean, once he's, uh, he's already committed himself to it, um, it's, it's enforceable. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a legal uh, contract kind of thing where he's committed himself to uh, give this money and he's, it's not just like um, kind of an optional type of thing it's, it's something that it's a, a real obligation and he's obligated to carry out what he said he was going to do so it's, a, it's taken very seriously um, now the amounts uh, that are specified uh, are the same for everyone this is not uh, like other um, situations of pidgin where we estimate the value by the person's value on the market. In other words, if a person was sold as a slave in the market or uh, if an animal was, was sold on the market, these kinds of things are, are uh, have an estimated value according to the uh, condition <laughs> and the, the, the uh, you know, the, the uh, usability, whatever, of, of that particular thing. Uh, but in this case, it's not. It's a flat rate that has nothing to do with the, the market value. Uh, it's uh, it's simply stated by the Torah, and uh, there's nothing to uh, dispute or to think about. This is just what it is, it's, it, and it value, uh, varies according to age. That there's one um, value in, from zero to five, which is uh, five shekels for a boy and three shekels for a girl, and then it goes up 
when the child reaches uh, the age of 20. Um, and then again, at the age of, of, fifth, of 60, I believe it goes down. So there, there are different tiers of the value and um, how, it, uh, how it varies. So that's also a very interesting uh, phenomenon that, that it doesn't matter. It could be the biggest um, Tamla Chocham, you know, the biggest Godel, and compared to the most passionate person, totally ignoramus, and they're all the same uh, value at any given age. And then the other thing that's uh, interesting about it is this concept of, uh, of money, the role of money in the transfer. And what does money accomplish? What is money there for? Um, money in itself is simply a means to an end. It's something that allows uh, legally for items to be uh, transferred from one domain to another. In other words, if so a given thing belongs to someone and you want to acquire it from that person. So the way you acquire it is by giving an agreed value uh, to that person for it in exchange for it, and then you, you take the, the person. It's not the same thing as as, um, as uh, barter, where you're just taking, uh, exchanging objects, which is interesting in this partial also. It, it mentions the, uh, the mitzvah of Tamura, which Tamura um, is something that is, n- is not allowed uh, if you just, if you have a particular animal that has already been pledged to Hectish and you want to substitute it with another animal. It doesn't matter what the value of that animal. It could be, it could be worth less or worth more or even the same value. You cannot simply exchange one for another without going through that, that um, step of, uh, of redeeming it from Hectish with money. Um, and it would seem to be to, to understand a little what's going on there is you're, you're, you're taking a certain value that's been, again, uh, agreed to or ascribed to a certain thing. And then by giving it to Hectish, you're, you're um, plus the 20% or whatever for an animal anyway, um, this is the, the value is transferred onto the money. And now the money can be used for anything. It's not, a, not for a specific thing. So it's kind of going back to a, a kind of a, a, a unidentified state. And now Hector has the ability to use that money to buy anything else it needs. Um, whereas if you're taking uh, another animal specifically and, and substituting it, then it's as if we're making the decision of what should be replacing this, this Hectish, and who's to say that the holiness is... So anyway, the, the, it, it, if you try to do that, not only doesn't it, that it doesn't it work, so it's not you're not taking one out of hectish and putting the other one uh, in its place, but both of them become koidish. So it's also kind of an idea that that we have the power to be able to make something hectish, but not to take it out of hectish, unless except through that that uh, process of giving money, uh, and and that it should go on to the money first. Anyway. So um, the whole question of money, it is a kind of a, an interesting phenomenon. It's the, the fact that you can take something which has nothing to do with that object itself and can't be used itself for anything as an object in itself. In other words, if, if you, uh, just like today we have paper money that has nothing backing up at all, and the paper itself is of no particular value. So it's, it's only because you've agreed 
that um, this this money has a certain value to us that that it becomes usable. But the money in itself is not something that you that you would use even in the old days. I mean, it it was then uh, you could say silver or uh, or gold or whatever that you used as a as a monetary uh, medium. Um, was something that could be used to create objects out of, and you can melt it down, and it could be used for an object. But that's not the idea of the monetary value. The monetary value is is, is usually in coins, and then a coin is something which is forged and is forged, meaning it's uh, it's uh, stamped or whatever, and um, it has a given value according to what's the accepted value in the kingdom for that that uh, for that. Uh, Monetary, whatever you want to call it, that, that denomination. Um, so, um, the point is that it, that you're you're taking something from one domain and putting it in another domain through the use of money. Um, and what's going on here, apparently, in the, this question of erchinalai, is that you are taking the money and taking the person out of the domain of of uh, Gehenna, which is a certain place where the person actually has kind of put himself into Gehenna. He's like sold his soul, so to speak, for uh, to, in the course of doing some kind of an avera, which has caused him to, to be in that domain. And now through giving the money, he's able to get out of that domain. He's out, he's, he's taken out of the, of the uh, possession of Gehenna, and now he's going into Gan Eden, which is a, a totally different domain. So Hashem is saying he's going to use this money as the, as the monetary tool to be able to get the person out uh, when he has to. Uh, but the fact is that we really have this every night because uh, we say in Krishna Lamita, we say, um, that you are uh, talking about Hashem, that he is, uh, he is giving opinion, basically. He is redeeming us from, uh, from the night to bring our soul back during the day. Uh, in the morning, so that's also an idea of, of, of we're 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 placing our souls um, into a, in a in a different domain, so to speak, because uh, the nighttime is considered to be that this becomes the domain of the Eitzah uh, Movis, the the, uh, the opposite of the Eitzah Chaim. The, the, the tree of life is like the tree of death. It's it's a it's a time when the um, the powers of the uh, the netherworld, so to speak, the the Sitra uh, Achra, are dominant during the night time, and the person goes to sleep and he becomes uh, on, a, on a level uh, to to a certain percentage of of Misa being of death, and when he comes back uh, to consciousness in the morning, it's like he's come out of that state, so he's he's been redeemed from a state of of death into back into life, and that also requires some kind of a a pigeon. Um, okay, so so that is uh, helps us to understand a little bit what's going on when we when um, and, and how important this whole concept is. As I said, we we'll, we'll be talking about it in greater depth later. But um, the concept of the makas b'chayrus that uh, through Hashem 
um, bringing about the plague of the firstborn in, in Egypt, that was uh, uh, an action which, which was this, this concept of kind of an exchange going on. In other words, we, we, we were redeemed and they were killed. So it was like one in, in, the, um, in, in exchange for the other. And then we went out of enslavement to Pharaoh in Egypt and we became slaves of Hashem. We became, you know, avodim to Hashem, and He redeemed us through this um, this action of the Makas Bechayrus, which took them instead of us. And now we are redeemed. And then later on, of course, this idea of the Kohanim becoming the servants of Hashem through the opinion of the Bechayrim. That uh, since the Bechayrim participated in the the height of the eagle, the, the golden calf, so then they. Um, were released from that um, that requirement to serve Hashem as the as the priests, and instead the Kohanim and, and the Levim were taken into the service of Hashem. Uh, okay, so in all of these cases, when you're talking about pidyon, you're talking about something which is a complete kind of a um, uh, is a kind of an existential. Um, Commitment or, or a change of, of, of state. It's not something that is um, is temporary uh, or only a job, let's say, or something. It's, you're talking about an actual state of being. Who's who is the owner of the korban, or who is the owner in this case of the soul of the person himself? You're talking about a, a concept of nefeshir, the soul. Especially, we talk about the soul coming out of Gehenna. So you're talking about something that affects the soul itself, and that's an existential thing. That's something that that involves the person's life as a whole, and who he belongs to, and what is his purpose, and what is he doing, and uh, you know, to what extent is he now meshubed? He's he's now the the servant of the one who has acquired him. So, if we are acquired by Hashem, then that indicates that it's something that is a full time. Thing it's not simply a uh, temporary kind of state or or something that require that requires only like a part time service. Meaning that if a person considers being a Jew, it be just when it happens to be that there it's it's there's time to a mitzvah that he does a mitzvah, uh, and and when he's not specifically doing a mitzvah, then he can do what he wants, or or it doesn't have to have a shem in mind. He doesn't have to consider himself to be a. Uh, to, to do something differently because of the fact that he's a Jew, uh, because he's just there to do mitzvahs and to be out to the mitzvah and to, to be exempt from doing the mitzvah, whatever it is, he doesn't have to consider himself uh, a full-time servant of Hashem. But we see that it's not like that, because his, the fact that, again, that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, he took us totally out of the possession um, of, of Paroi. We, we were no longer uh, enslaved to Paroi, so then we became essentially a slave to him. Um, but there's a pretty big difference there in terms of what, what that slavery is about as opposed to the slavery to Paroi. Um, and, and actually it turns out that it's, it's to our benefit to be in that position as opposed to, uh, to be on our own and just you know serving Hashem when we feel like it or whatever or when, or when we feel we're specifically obligated to do a certain mitzvah. Um, the idea is that we go to a concept that Maharal brings down in many of his forums is the idea that what is the creation all about anyway the idea is that a person 
is, uh, is, is simply a creation. And the entire creation of the world was about the relationship between the creator and his creations. And all of the creations were created for a purpose. But what is that purpose? Just so they should have a good time and be on their own and just, uh, you know, live out their lives and, uh, you know, live and die and, and have fun in between or whatever it is. What, what is the point of being alive at all? So the Maharal brings down that, that everything in creation, everything down to the smallest thing, the smallest, most seemingly most insignificant thing, was created to give praise to the Creator. It was to be a Kiddush Hashem, to be something that, that brings praise to the Creator and that, 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 that itself emanates that praise to the Creator. We have something called Parakshira, which is, uh, it encompasses almost virtually everything in the world. Um, and what is the song that it sings to the Creator? So whether it's uh, verbally singing this song uh, is, is uh, questionable because you're talking about a lot of things that are, even things that are doimim, that, that, don't, that don't have any... Uh, uh, mobility at all, but there's still creations. I mean, day and night, and and, and, and uh, you know, water, and you know, this kind of stuff. But the idea is that first of all, that each of these things has a malach, has is, is a, an angel in, in Shemaim that is represents it, and therefore that those things do have the capability of praising Hashem specifically. And also this idea that it brings praise to Hashem. It was when we as, as human beings uh, perceive these things and, and, and uh, appreciate the grandeur and the brilliance and the, 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 the wisdom involved in creating them, then we praise Hashem for the amazing, uh, uh, what, what, everything that Hashem put into them uh, as, as their creator. So it all reflects back on Hashem, and we participate in the entirety, the wholeness of that, that, that whole creation as, as parts of the creation, and it's just the whole thing is vibrating and, and, and uh, manifesting this glory of Hashem as creator, and then Hashem is, is participating in that together with us, so that we all are basically you know, rejoicing together in, that, in, in, in the creation as a whole. So that is a constant thing. That's not something that goes on and off. It's sometimes not other times. If you're a creation, you're a creation all the time. And the fact is that the other creations, uh, aside from mankind, don't have any choice about, you know, serving their their nature, what they're supposed to, what, what Hashem created them to do. Um, they don't have to make moral decisions about it. So they are simply serving their, I mean, uh, or behaving according to their nature, whether they want it or not. And this is a constant thing. It's not sometimes and sometimes not. The sun, for example, is, is uh, giving out light on a constant basis. It's not sometimes you know, shutting off when it feels like uh, it's, it's, it's tired out. It doesn't want to, to, uh, wants to take a vacation for, for a day or two. I mean, it's, it is a constant um, manifestation of, uh, of, of its nature, which is to give light and heat. Um, same thing with, with all of, of course, all the uh, celestial bodies that, that have their movements that, they, that they're locked into. And again, they're doing it all the time. And, uh, you know, the same thing with animals, the same thing with, with uh, elements, the same things with, with everything else in the world. They do what they do all the time. It's not sometimes yes and sometimes no. Uh, mankind is different because Hashem gave us free choice. concept of Bechira, this idea that we do have a choice, whether to say yes or no, we have a choice. Whether I mean, if, we, if we're intended to serve Hashem by, by uh, praising Him every morning, 
So uh, a person could conceivably decide, well, I'm not going to praise Hashem this morning. I'm, I'm too tired. I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm going to stay in bed for a couple of days and just, you know, not for, for no particular reason. I mean, if I don't feel well, then I might be exempted. But, but uh, if I just stop and decide I don't feel like it today, so you're not allowed to do that because we are expected to serve Hashem constantly just like everything else in the creation. We are, after all, another creation. But we have the option to say no. We can actually desist from doing it. And it, it can be oftentimes very unpredictable when people uh, become rebellious or they um, they do things that are, seem to be contrary to their nature. And this has always been you know, a dispute uh, between the materialists and, and, and the fatalists and people like that. But there are um, uh, the, the Jewish position is obviously that we do indeed have free will, and we can decide not to serve Hashem if we don't want to. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's so many examples of that all over the place. It's very hard to understand those that that uh, don't hold like that. But in any case, um, because people change in, in ways that other beings uh, do not change. And um, uh, if you want to just um, uh, base it all on psychological, you know, health or something like that, you know, for a person, why a person makes some decisions uh, one time or another. Uh, that can only go so far. I mean, there there are situations where obviously a person uh, loses their mind, lately, where they they they're not in control of their actions and they do things that are irresponsible um, because they're because of sickness. But in situations where people are in their right mind and they still make decisions which are unjustifiable, I mean, or, or decisions that are you know against Torah, um, that happens unfortunately all the time. And 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 it, on the other hand, a person can can uh, make a decision to go leafnimishusatin, and it was to go beyond the call of duty or beyond his responsibilities and do things and put himself out or even sacrifice his life totally for something that um, he would not normally you know, be expected to do that according to human nature, and that he goes beyond what's expected. So that's also a, an exercising of, of free will. So in any case, these are things that show that we are. Uh, Different, and that we are uh, given that that that, uh, that choice, that opportunity to say yes or no, uh, and that we have to under- ourselves understand that we have to choose this this uh, uh, servitude to Hashem. That we are going to serve Him, and we are going to praise Him, uh, and it's not going to be just uh, uh, sometimes yes and sometimes no. Uh, on the other hand, there is there is also a concept of um, so 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 let's say there is a concept of uh, the fact that we just doing what we are supposed to do is essentially fulfilling our taklises, doing doing what Hashem expects from us. That's that's just on a daily basis. That would be essentially enough. The only things we have to understand that just as the value of the of of the erchen uh, changes according to age. Why, if it's, if it's just a constant thing, that it should be the same throughout our lives, but it's, it doesn't. It changes according to our age, meaning that as we age, we are expected to grow and to do more according to our, the, the capabilities. That as we get older, we have more physical capabilities, certainly, and uh, mental and emotional capabilities, also, hopefully, as we mature. And those are also expected to help us to increase our void over time. So that that uh, well, there's a certain inevitable decline as you get older, also that's also taken consideration. But there's, the fact that those values do change according to age means that we are, ex- although we're 
equal across the board in terms of uh, each person doing what they are intended to do given the, the, the abilities that they have um, are dedicated to, to put those abilities in the service of Hashem. And at the same time, we're expected to increase uh, and, and grow with time so that uh, we take full advantage of, of the increase in, our, in, in those abilities. Um, so again, it's not this idea of going haphazardly. Then how does that work in to the concept of um, of the Tochocha? Because in the Tochocha it's repeated uh, several times, this version of the Tochocha, the concept of, of uh, carry, that, you know, because it tells us, because we served him carry, so now he's going to act, behave with us carry. What is carry? Carry is based on the word mikra, that it's a haphazard type of thing. Some, sometimes yes, sometimes no, uh, in, without a true commitment, without, a, without that, that reliability and that consistency um, that is required of us as a creation. Rather, it's just, uh, you know, when we feel like it kind of thing. And if we serve Hashem with that kind of uh, lack of responsibility, then we can't expect Him to be here for us on a constant basis either, in terms of protecting us from our enemies, for example. So if we have already enemies that are out to get us uh, at any opportunity, then obviously we need to have a security that is constant and not sometimes there and sometimes not, because at the moment that, it, uh, that, that uh, the watch is taken away, then uh, those, uh, those uh, elements will attack and try to get, um, uh, try to get the upper hand as we see in every aspect of life. I mean, there's the terrorists, there's the, the uh, you know, national enemies, there's all kinds of things that are uh, criminal elements, there's all kinds of elements that will take advantage if we uh, drop our guard. So in the same respect, Hashem is protecting us all the time, and He has to be there for us constantly, and He is there for us constantly, and His shkocha is constantly, His eye is constantly on us, and we're never alone. So that is the, it's a midah connected midah, it's the idea that we serve him on a constant level, so he also backs us up on a, on a constant level. But if we start to do it only uh, just when we feel like it, so if he also was to protect us and, and, and be there for us in uh, on, on a, uh, not on a constant basis, then we'd get into big trouble. And that's what the Tochah uh, is, is, is talking about, that, we're good, that, that if, Hashem is not, uh, if Hashem was not watching us you know, 100% of the time, then we would taka, get into big trouble. Just, just being left to the uh, to the natural state of of, uh, of affairs, the way that that things uh, uh, things evolve. So, um, anyway, I think that gets across this um, this important point. It's a really fundamental point about the way we serve Hashem and the way Hashem's Hashem's uh, relationship with us and what He expects from us. Uh, again, it's very important to understand the idea that all Jews are equally. Uh, in terms of their value, they're equally valuable, valuable to Hashem in how they serve Him, um, even if their if their level of service is different. Uh, obviously, according to age, it's different because you know you can't expect the same thing from an, uh, a young child as from an older person. Um, and at the same time, also, uh, even in their level of education or their level of uh, talents and abilities, will vary. But it doesn't mean that. Uh, that they're any less valuable to Hashem. 
because they're doing what they were created to do, and that's the main thing. So everybody you know, uses out his abilities and, and serves Hashem according to what, the, what they were intended to do, and Hashem uh, tre- treasures us, and, and we're precious to Hashem on that basis. And we cannot um, uh, look at the concept of uh, serving Hashem even as a slave as being something oppressive, because when, I, when being a slave to the king, to the creator of the universe... Is uh, puts us on an extremely high level where we are under his direct uh, surveillance, his, his, his direct protection, and uh, and we have access to all of the tremendous blessings and, and uh, abilities that that only the Creator Himself can uh, can give. So it's certainly, and not only that, the whole creation of the world as a, as a whole is only here for our benefit and really for the benefit of all of creation. Everything benefits from the fact that you have an, uh, a creator with an, with, uh, who wants only to do good and has created the, the universe in, in an orderly way. Now, this, this is um, uh, obviously uh, there is the um, challenge of Eoy, for example, challenge that the idea of the Tzadik Ralek, Rosh that there are situations where it seems that... that uh, Sadiqim are being punished and, and the, uh, the evil prosper. Um, and that's a whole other subject, which you know, we'll probably get into at another time. But uh, once we understand that really Hashem is justified, in the, or believe that Hashem is justified in all these situations, and that ultimately the purpose of, of uh, creation is for our good, then we understand that um, for the most, I mean, the, the, the real determining factor is how much we want to dedicate him, ourselves to him uh, in terms of the benefit that we get from the whole situation. So um, that's about it for this week, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, please, again, um, you can check us out on nakuda.org, N-E-K-U-D-A-H.org, and also Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com uh, slash Nakuda um, to see more stuff. And uh, also we are reiterating that uh, if you want to uh, dedicate these podcasts to for any in, in commemoration of any occasion or, or an individual, um, please contact us at info at org. Thank you so much.